Give honor unto that precious and holy name. Jesus, somebody shout the name Jesus. Demons tremble at the sound of the name Jesus. That presence is in this place today. Whatever you need is in the house of the Lord. Turn around and touch someone. Say, it's good to see you in church tonight. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, singers and musicians, for leading us into such a rich, beautiful presence of the Lord. Amen. As you remain standing, we're going tonight to the book of Exodus, chapter number 12. Let me just mention a few things. I want to thank uh, Brother Britt and Sister Nay and uh, Sister Jenny and Sister Amanda Harrell. And if I'm missing anybody, we had our We Love Our Community luncheon for business owners, first responders, and so forth this past week. And somewhere around, if I had to guess, 70 to 80 people maybe in that neighborhood showed up and we were able to feed the gumbo that was made by Brother Daryl Black. And it was absolutely delicious. And so I'm so thankful we were able to minister to our community. Amen. Also, Brother Jamie and Sister Felicity last week, wonderful job doing a luncheon for our widows. And so I want to give them such a hand clap of appreciation. Amen. I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that has something going on. I don't want to go to a church where I just show up on Sunday and Wednesday. I want to show up every day of the week. Like three of you want to show up with me on the every day of the week. But you know what I'm saying. I want to be active. And so I'm thankful to be a part of that. All of our guests, we join in. Join in with Brother Jamie, Brother Jeremy. Welcoming each and every one of you. I want to recognize our newest member here in the house of the Lord. Brother Cody and Sister Tyler have a precious baby girl named Kinley Kate. And we're going to love all over her. Amen. We're so thankful for what the Lord is doing in this precious family. I love Brother Cody, Sister Tyler, and all their children. Amen. Good to see Sister Melinda back in the house of the Lord. She's been taking care of her grandmother, and she made it back. We've been praying for her, love her very much. Amen. I want to I mention one thing before we go to the word of the Lord. I was asked to do so. As you know, it's hard for our local businesses uh, just to, to make ends meet sometimes. And we have a, a shortage of choices on Sunday night to eat. But I was asked by the owner to just mention uh, Southern Soul is going to start staying open on Sunday evenings till 8 or 8.30. And so if you're looking for another alternative, and if you don't know where that's at, it's in Jonesville. It's the old Sunnies. They have pizza and wings and burgers and, and whatnot. But I believe if you can, it'd be good to support them every now and then just to help keep them open. So I told them I'd pass the info along, and I'm going to have pizza tonight. Amen? Exodus chapter 12, verse 37. The children of Israel journeyed from Ramus to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. And a mixed multitude, someone say mixed multitude, went up also with them and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. Verse 41, and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, 
even the selfsame day it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Verse 48, And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. One law shall be to him that is home-born, and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. Thus did all the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass the selfsame day that the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. I want to preach for just a little while by the help of the Lord on this subject, the miracle of the mixed multitude. The miracle of the mixed multitude. One more time, could you lift your hands to heaven as we ask the Lord to minister tonight. Father, I believe you've given me a word for someone in this place. God, you know where everyone's at. You know the seasons of life they're in. I pray, Holy Ghost, that you would minister to every soul that your word would have free course and liberty to operate according to the perfect will of God. We'll be sure to give you praise and glory as we clap our hands in Jesus' name unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Much could be said and has been said about the ministry of Jesus. Sermons by the thousands, have been preached about the miracles that he performed and the lives that he changed. Miracles such as opening the blinded eyes, delivering the man possessed with the legion, feeding the 5,000, walking on the water. These few that I have mentioned simply scratch the surface as to the impact he had on society while walking on this earth. In fact, Scripture tells us much more was accomplished. For it was John that recorded in verse 25 of chapter 21. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. While it would be easy to focus on the public miracles Jesus performed, we must not forget the reason Jesus came to this earth in the first place. He did not come to turn water into wine. In fact, when Mary put him on the spot at the wedding of Cana, Jesus replied, woman, my hour is not yet come. What was the hour he was talking about? He was talking about his divine purpose. In fact, he spoke about that hour in the garden of Gethsemane when his disciples kept falling asleep and he stepped on the scene and said, sleep on now, mine hour is now come. The hour was his purpose, when the Father would be glorified. Jesus, or rather the book of 1 John 3 and 8, says for this purpose, 
the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. I want you to know tonight that God's greatest delight is not in healing your body. It's not in filling your bank account or in making you happy or in blessing your job or any other thing that we can call a miracle. But God's greatest delight is when he delivers you from the bondage of this world. When you go down in the water a sinner, but you come up a saint. When the chains of addiction break, when generational curses are destroyed, It was Paul that said, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Let me put it like this. Hell couldn't hold you down. And if hell can't hold you, people can't hold you. If hell can't hold you, a bottle can't hold you. If hell can't hold you, pills can't hold you. I've come to preach tonight to tell you there's delivering power in the name of Jesus Christ oh if you believe it clap your hands for the word says he that the son has set free is free indeed we ought to take a moment right now and realize I was lost but I'm found I was blind but now I see I was dead but now I'm alive you can judge my worship if you want but you don't know where he brought me from when my family gave up on me when my friends deserted me when my boss fired me but God who is rich in mercy Come on, clap your hands right now. Somebody shout, but God. But God. God's greatest desire is to get his people out of Egypt into Canaan. Out of the world and into heaven. Out of bondage into beauty. And how God chose to do it in the Old Testament was a type and a shadow of what was to come. He did it his way. Somebody shout his way. If you want to make it from this world to that world, you must do it his way. Let me pause and hit that just for a moment. You don't come to God on your terms. We got people sitting back. Well, when I get this fixed and when I get this done and when I get this, uh, then I'll come. You don't come to God on your terms because it doesn't matter how good you get. You'll never be good enough to get God. He says, I don't need you to get good. I just need you to bring me your ashes and I'll give you beauty for ashes. I'll give you joy. Hallelujah. I want to preach tonight about a miracle that we don't ever hear about. It's the miracle of the mixed multitude. Israel had been in Egypt 430 years. We can't fathom that. We can't fathom that. The oldest in here is perhaps in the late 80s. Much less 400 generation after generation. In Egyptian bondage. 
Nevertheless, God heard their cry in the midst of 430 years. Even when they didn't think he heard, his ears were tuned in to their cry. You better believe tonight that God hears you even when you don't think he hears. Don't you let the enemy convince you that there's no use in praying, that there's no use in asking him for help. The Bible tells us that he is as close as the mention of his name. Listen to what he told Jeremiah. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. My friend, if he felt that way about Jeremiah I just gotta believe he feels that way about you in your despair he hears you in your frustration he hears you in your isolation he hears you touch your neighbor and say he hears you 430 years in captivity God heard them. Their deliverance would mark a new destiny. Before God stepped in, their destiny was determined by their taskmasters. They knew what their tomorrow held. They knew what their next week held. Oppression. Bondage. No hope for change. Slaves to the world. But God spoke to Moses and Aaron. Watch this. In Exodus 12 and 2, he said, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. God was telling them, Your future will not be determined by your past. Because today is January 1st. Happy New Year. When when you're delivered, what he was trying to tell them was you're going to start over. It's going to be a brand new beginning. For all of those years, they had been marking off their days in captivity. They had nothing to look forward to. They had no hope because they knew what tomorrow held. But God knew if they're going to have hope for tomorrow, I must erase their yesterday by giving them a new today. My friend, God still does the same thing. The biggest reason people struggle with their tomorrow is because they feel that they're defined by their yesterday. That's why when a person comes to God, it's a brand new day. Hey, this is what the book says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are left in Egypt. Behold, all things are become new. It's not the will of God for us to be defined by our yesterdays. You know what that's called? Condemnation. Where we live under the guilt of our past mistakes. Let me tell you, everybody in this building is a card-carrying member of the stupid club. 
We've all, starting right here, we've all done things that were not the smartest. We've all made decisions that we look back on and say, what tree did I fall out of? But the beauty of deliverance is I'm not defined by my past. I'm not defined by my mistakes. I'm not defined by my failures. I'm defined by the blood of Christ. I'm defined by not who I am, but whose I am. Touch your neighbor and say, you can start over. He erases it. Gives you a brand. If you ain't figured it out, I came to preach a little while. I preached in Shreveport this morning, and I gave it everything, and I said, God, I'm going to give it everything I got tonight. Let's look. Before we jump into how they were delivered, I want to jump to the end, to a miracle that when I read it, the Lord began to speak to me. And that is not how they were delivered, but who was delivered. Because we always tell the story about Israel being delivered out of Egyptian bondage by a strong hand. After those ten plagues, Israel, we know Israel were those that were in covenant with the Lord. Israel were those that traced their roots back to that great patriarch Abraham. God chose these people, the Jews, not because of their size or their stature, but God delights in underdogs. Watch this. And the children of Israel, God's people, journeyed from Ramos to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. So you got men, you got wives, you got children. Well over a million people. But then it says, and a mixed multitude went up also with them. So I began to search out that mixed multitude. And I found that it consisted of those that were not of the royal bloodline of Abraham. Some were former slaves. Others were strangers that adopted the Israelite way. A whole group of misfits that decided to accept deliverance even if they were not supposed to be included. I believe God let this happen as a foreshadow of the grace that was coming to the people of God and to the Gentiles. He was dropping hints along the way that would point us to the church. You see, Noah sent out a dove and he sent out a raven that represents clean and unclean. That dove came back and it had an olive branch in its mouth and that branch represented the Gentiles that was going to be grafted into that vine and when Israel was delivered God said I'm going to put an olive branch that's going to come out with them it's those that are not born of my of my royal bloodline but they said I'm going to go out of the world with Israel It was his way of showing what would happen when deliverance came in the form of Jesus Christ. Hey, you got to bear with me because I cannot help but get excited 
when I see nuggets of grace dropped in a dispensation that was not a gracious dispensation. It was a law. But God said, you got to watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring people out that weren't supposed to be included. I'm going to bring people out that the world gave up on. I'm going to bring people out that were misfits in society. Let me say what Paul said. And such were some of you, but you've been washed. Somebody shout mixed multitude. So now we know that Israel came out not just with the royal bloodline. This is what the Bible calls it, a remnant of grace. People that weren't supposed to be saved. But watch this. The command was given. You had to have three things. You had to have a lamb. You had to have blood. And you had to have obedience. The lamb. The blood. And obedience. They, they couldn't use their neighbor's lamb. They had to have their own experience. I don't care how long your family's been in church. You can't use your neighbor's experience. You can't use your neighbor's lamb. You got to have your own. Because here was the command. On this night, there's going to be a death angel. And that death angel is just going to make a pass over Egypt and over Israel. And the only way that they're going to be bypassed was there's going to be a barrier of blood. It didn't matter if that neighbor had blood and that neighbor had blood. If I didn't have blood on my house, that death angel was going to claim that firstborn. Death was going to visit that house. And so I had to make sure that I had a lamb. And I have the blood. Let me put it like this in New Testament terminology. There was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And that lamb represents the spirit of Christ. It represents that Passover lamb. But there also has to be blood applied. And when you go down in that watery grave of baptism, that blood is a barrier between you and that death angel. Because there's going to come a time when the death angel is going to pass again. When that trumpet's going to sound. And they that have the blood and have the lamb are going to make it to the other side. Here's the miracle of the mixed multitude. It didn't matter who they were. They all had the same chance at deliverance. Because you better believe that when that word is given, now you're talking about 
600,000 men, women and children, plus. It ain't like I, Moses could just get up on a pulpit and say, here's what you got to do. Over a million people. So you know how word spread? Person to person. And somewhere, Brother Black, a stranger heard the word. Somewhere along the way, Brother Spanky, there was somebody that said, I know I'm not a Jew. I know I'm not entitled to it. I know I don't come from the right family. I know my daddy and my mama aren't in this thing. And but 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 they heard the word. And so what did they do? They went and got them a lamb. They had an experience with the blood. And because they obeyed, God said it didn't matter if you come from the right side of the tracks or not. It don't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter what your pedigree is. Because you obeyed the word of the Lord, I will save you. Stand with me right now. Regardless of their pedigree. Listen, I know that it's Old Testament, but let me show you what it looks like in the New Testament. Galatians 3.26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. It started with a mixed multitude. When they came out of Egypt, it was a foreshadow of what the church was going to look like because God said, I'm going to open up that door to that wild olive branch. I'm going to open up that door to a mixed more. What do you think the church is supposed to look like? It's supposed to look like a mixed multitude. Watch this. I'm closing. Here's what the Lord said about a mixed multitude. Verse 48, Exodus chapter 12. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. Then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. Here's what the Lord knew. God's, God knew when y'all come out of Israel, out of Egypt, you're going to attract attention. Because God's church is always designed to attract attention. And there's going to be people looking at y'all. That are not of y'all. Don't shun them.
don't push them aside because they are not the right type. He said, there's going to be strangers that are going to want to get in, get in with y'all and want to keep the Passover. And you let them and because they're going to be circumcised. And we know that the New Testament church, circumcision is no longer in the flesh, but it's in the heart. And so what God's saying to Wallace Ridge is that there's going to be people that are looking at us and they don't, they're not from us. They're coming with baggage and problems. They're strangers. Don't shun them because they're going to get circumcised in heart. Look at the last, next verse. One law shall be to him that is homeborn, that's the Israelite, and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. Here's what the Lord was telling them. We're not going to treat the Israelite any different than you treat the stranger. Because when they come into the body, everybody's the same. This is what the Bible says. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Why? Because there's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. I preach to people tonight that the only thing that brought you under this roof is the blood of Jesus Christ. Because you may never encounter each other outside of the church, but that's the beauty of a mixed multitude is we all had a lamb and we all have the blood. And because we've had obedience, we all march to the same beat of a royal drum, which is the, the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ, watch, when we get to heaven, this is what it's going to look like. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. That sounds like a lamb, right? Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. How? By the blood. By the blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. You want to know what heaven's going to look like? A mixed multitude. Just want to prepare you when you get to heaven. They're not all going to look Pentecostal. That's, that's the truth. I, 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 you got to know my heart. I'm not trying to upset anybody here. The Lord laid this on my heart for where we're at as a church because this is what I've been praying. I've been praying, God, send us people that don't look like us. I want them tattooed, I want different color hair. I want piercings. I want interracial marriages. I want people that don't look like us. 
because we look so professional. We look so churchy. We look so pure and clean, which thank God that we're walking in that manner. But let me tell you, God wants His church to look like a mixed multitude. He wants the strangers to walk in and find a church that'll open their arms and say, you come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Give me the drug addicts. Give us the homosexuals. Give us the people that have problems because that's where we find God. He typed that's your prayer. I want you to grab somebody by the hand and make your way to the front right now. I'm preaching to a mixed multitude. You need 